Yeah, buddy. They say home is where the heart is, so I wonder why your motherfucker always feeling heartless. Welcome to episode 16 of Doubly Negative. As always, I am Chris, here with my friend Kyle. Hey, Chris. How are you doing today? I am fantastic. Thank you for asking. How are you? I'm doing all right. It's 10 o'clock where I am, p.m., 10 a.m. where you are. That's correct. So your day's starting, my day is ending. I guess we'll lead off with a, a check-in before we get into anything else because we have some things we want to get to today. Uh, we got a very interesting question from a listener that I'm pretty excited to talk about. But um, how has your week gone since we last talked? I got to say I've had a phenomenal week. I don't want to go into too many details. Uh Maybe I will at a later date, but uh, but something may have started that is very exciting. And uh, yeah, I am, I'm excited and optimistic for the future uh, in that regard. And then in, in other stuff, I actually had a check-in with my friend Matt. We, we scheduled the time to talk about goals, which we, we, we always talked about doing, but, but actually sitting down and talking about what our goals are and then making actionable priorities. You know, like, for example, we said, okay, we're going to work this amount of hours per week. We're going to do this many gym sessions per week, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think that was really cool. And and that has me uh, more optimistic, too, about self-improvement. Oh, yeah. It's awesome to have someone that wants to do something like that with you, because if they're going to do it, you need to find someone that's serious where you're both accountable. Because I've started like not even necessarily like we're going to go to the gym this many days a week. We're going to do that. But like some sort of like, oh, even if it's like 50 push-ups a day or something, you and your friend do that. You check in every day to make sure you're doing it. And it makes you do it when you would quit normally. Having someone that keeps you accountable like that is awesome. That's right, Chris. Accountability. Yeah. And um, we're, we're probably going to do it once a week. We're going to check in. And the other point that I realized is, you know, I've got all these goals in my head. I want to I wanna write more. I want to I wanna read more, for example. And, and these are all kind of just goals in my head that I don't really do anything about usually. But actually putting them down on paper and talking about them, now I will. Because I've, I've actually said it and I've written it down and it's time to do it. So it, it's, it's taking it from the imaginary space and putting it into reality. And uh, yeah, I, I, a lot of people talk about it in self-improvement world. You got to write these things down. And I, I think it's true. I, I think... Yeah, I think it's very worthwhile to do that. I think I totally need to have that conversation with myself as well because I've been slacking a little bit. Just a lot going on personal life-wise that's kind of taken me away from jujitsu, and, you know, less, you know, my diet's gotten a little off the rails. But I keep telling myself I'm going to do this in my head, but I just haven't. And I think, well, no, scratch that. Not I think. It's crazy that I just don't make these changes because even in your case when it's writing or reading more, as hard as it may seem to us, these things are very easy. It's not something unattainable or something difficult to do, but we just don't do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it just comes down to putting in an hour here or there. And the, yeah. truth, the truth of it is, is that I have plenty of hours that I, I really don't use very wisely. And a lot of the time when I sit down and I use those hours like that, Part of me knows that I could be doing something else, but it hasn't been it hasn't been actually said out loud or written down. And I and those goals, when they stay up there in your head, they're in the future. Well, one day I'm going to do that, you know, not today, but I'm going to do it. And uh, you create this fantasy version of yourself that is never going to become reality if you don't actually start doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just I got to get back on track. I'll get back on track, but I'm going to write it down. Right. So, OK, here was one of my goals. So I did the first solo podcast last week. <laughs> I don't think it went well. If you want to listen to it, anyone, it's on our Patreon. You can subscribe, Doubly Negative Pod, I think. Um, yeah, so do that. It's like five bucks a month. Pretty much dirt cheap. So I don't think it went that well, and it's not getting cut at all. So it was a lot of just like pauses and rambling. So I was like, okay, I need to prepare for next doubly or singly negative episode. So now I actually have notes in my phone on things I'm going to talk about. Because things always happen throughout the day where I'm like, oh, I can talk about that. I think that'd be really funny. Like if something like with me and Michelle happens, that's hilarious. Like I can go off on that or even like a reaction I had to like someone in. Yeah, there you go. Okay. See, even me talking out loud. Sorry. Just got the idea that I forgot. So I'm going to write that down. But where was I going with this? I actually started writing shit down, like stuff to talk about. And I'm excited to, to do it. And just so you know, uh, that was one of the things I wrote down. I, I made a sep- separate title for the podcast, uh, you know, in my notes. And I'm I'm gonna write a yep. I'm gonna write a blog post in the next few days for for Patreon. And I'm excited about that because yeah. it's cool. Like I'm gonna write some real personal shit that the the people who don't subscribe to Patreon, well, they're not gonna get to hear. And 
it's it's actually it's it's pretty good because I don't want many people to hear it. So it'd be best if nobody heard it. But it's going to be very shocking and, and very controversial, actually. Exactly. And that's the thing that like is nice about putting something behind a paywall like we are right now. I mean, at least for me, like I was way more, like now I'm very open on this podcast. But when I was behind a paywall, I got like deep into like my family life. And I was like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't put this out. And then I remembered it's behind a paywall. Not that many people are going to hear it. It, it, it felt good to talk about, though. It's basically a diary until people actually start, you know, checking it out. Yeah, so it just felt good to be able to, like, get a little deeper with it, like, get a little more personal. And I think you'll feel the same way with your blogs. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so um, we do have one thing we need to address here. Uh, we got a question from a listener. They first said that I was a great podcast host. Very nice of them. But... They had a very good question, and it's it's more of like a, a lighthearted one. If you can't tell, I'm trying to pull up the message, so I'm filibustering and just saying a lot of nothing. I got it already. Okay, you have it up? Okay, so you can read it, because it was uh, sent to you. Yep. <clears throat> so, it's a listener, and uh, he or she says, uh, I'm dating a guy, and I'm like 99% positive that he only brushes his teeth very infrequently. It's not completely offensive, but his breath is never quite great. I've only ever seen him brush his teeth at my house two times, and we spent over 24 hours together. Yesterday, before we had uh, some sort of meal, which I don't want to say because maybe it's too detailed, before the meal, I was brushing my teeth, and I offered him a floss, and he was like, no, that's okay. What do I do about that? Also, please note that I gave him one of my extra toothbrushes, which is in my house like all the time. So his problem is not for lack of available toothbrushes. So this is uh, very tricky, especially because it's a new relationship. Or even if, I don't know if it's a relationship or they're just seeing each other. Um, but it's definitely too new for her to feel comfortable bringing it up. Well, um, we're going to go into our own personal examples after this. But in a general way, I'm going to say that I absolutely understand the hesitance to bring it up. But while saying that, I'm going to say this is a great opportunity to practice communication in a new relationship, and she absolutely should bring it up. In my opinion, in my opinion, even though this seems like it's kind of hard, it's actually very easy, and it should just be brought up. In a sensitive way, of course, but the, the longer you wait to say something like this, the more you're, you're bringing space in between you, and the shittier your communication is, and uh, yeah, it's just it's just something you have to say. I, I completely agree. It needs to be brought up. One, because that's fucking gross. Okay. You don't want to be smelling that breath all the time. And it's embarrassing. You take them around your friends and right. stuff. If, if someone's dental hygiene is that bad, you like it's noticeable. Right. So it's definitely something that needs to be brought up for his or her own sake. And like you said, just the open communication. It's a good test. That's right. How is he going to react to feedback? You can learn a lot about someone with how they react to feedback, right? Because in relationships, it's a whole yin and yang of meeting each other's needs. And um, sometimes you're not going to agree with your significant other. So you might bring it up and there's going to be pushback or there's going to be acceptance. So seeing how this person handles this feedback is going to be very big for their relationship. Yeah, and I, I've talked about this before. But as small as this may <clears> seem. I think uh, some of the magic that I feel, especially early on in relationships, is when you meet someone new and you have nothing to lose and and you just feel that openness and you can say whatever is on your mind. Uh, I, I hope people can relate to that because I, I've had that and, it, and it's really it's really quite nice. And um, in my opinion, when people start growing apart, it's because they stop doing that. It's because they start having thoughts that they think are too dangerous to express. And then every time you do that, every time you don't say what's on your mind or maybe you tell a little lie, you grow further apart. And uh, how is your partner ever going to know you if, if you're not letting them in? That's that's what intimacy is, essentially. So especially if, if she's sitting there and, and his breath is rank and she's like, this sucks, but she's pretending that she's having a good time, like that's uh, that's a little bit fucked up in my opinion. I completely agree. And the fact that she's nervous or he's nervous about bringing something up that's so little, what's going to happen when you actually have something big you need to bring up? How are you going to feel? You need to be able to feel like you can talk about those things. Great point. Yeah, so so, so for practical advice, you know, we're, we're saying you got to bring it up, but, but at the same time, I, I'm fully admitting, I, I'm not sure exactly how I would bring that up. H how would you say it, Chris? Um, hmm. I mean, it's tough because my main approach seems kind of shitty, like dropping subtle hints, 
right? You want some gum? Her offering the floss the other day. Um, maybe even if like they're spending time together, like, hey, you want to? I'm gonna go brush your teeth. You want to come? Like even just like, oh, I, I think it'd be cute if we brushed our teeth together in yeah. the morning. It's like the it's like the husband whose wife has gotten too fat, so he buys her a treadmill. You know, like <laughs> something like that. It's like yeah. it's like yeah. indirect and kind mm-hmm. of passive aggressive. Yeah. Like yeah, exactly. I don't think it's gonna be super effective. I I, I understand the the way it's the way the, the approach, but I think more direct is probably better because he can just say no. He he already said no. He already said no. So what if he just says nah, I'm good. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and if you do it passive aggressively like that too, it's gonna be one of those things like even if, oh let's brush our teeth in the morning. It's cute. That'll wear off, and he's not gonna do that anymore. You know. Being more direct, saying, "Hey, listen, like, yeah, how the fuck do you bring this up?" Okay, all right, I, I got, I got something to say in general. You have an idea. I'm gonna come up with one. So, on whenever a girl has said something to me that's been a little bit harsh, maybe about me, or maybe she's just reflecting on an ex, and she says something like, "Oh yeah, he was really good at sex," or something like that, you know, and I'm like, "Oh fuck," I've always wished that it came with a statement of reassurance or compliment or something like that. So so my first instinct now is I'm thinking saying something like this. So say say she's kissing him, right? Say, hey, you know, I really like kissing you, but sometimes your breath isn't so great. So it comes after a really nice cushion and it's like, it sounds like it's 70% positive and 30%, hey, this could be better. This could be even better. You know, it's already good. I, I already really like you yeah. and this is not gonna make or break the relationship. But hey, your your breath fucking blows, dude. Yeah, I think that's that's probably the way to go about it. Give more niceness, that little jab of harshness, right? You know, when the kids at the doctor and they're getting the shot, and the doctor's doing all these funny things before he jabs them, and then does another funny thing after. That's to take the kid's attention away from the jab. Take his attention away from the jab, slide it in so he recognizes it, and does something about it. Hopefully. Yeah, and, and if it gets done in the moment like that. I don't know. I'm not. I'm. I'm even thinking now that it could be done in like a Pavlovian way. Um, not to get too pop psych, but like, um, th- and this is not your cue, Chris. So I'll save it for later. But um, you know, like, okay, um, <laughs> I, got, I got so nervous. <laughs> I know, but like, okay, so Pavlov's dogs, right? He was he was he was ringing a bell every time the dogs ate. So the dogs associated the bell with the food. Well, maybe when she's getting intimate with this guy, she can say, hey, you know, I'm really I'm really down to go further right now. But do you mind brushing your teeth? Your breath's not so great. And then maybe he's going to be excited, like, "Okay, I'm about to get laid. I got to brush my teeth. And then in the future, you know, you've already done it once. You already did it the hard time. And now the second and third times, like, it's pretty easy. Like, hey, hey, you know, brush your teeth. And he's going to be like, oh, fuck, I'm I'm about to get laid. You know, so now it's a good now it's a good thing. Now he wants his breath to be good. That that would totally work on me. Yeah, and I feel like if you say anything to a guy with a boner, it's almost like a subliminal message because they already know where they want to go. And anything you throw in there, they'll just do without even actually recognizing you asking them that. Yeah, I think we might have cracked the code. Train them like a dog. Yeah, that's what you got to do because that's what men are, the dogs. But um, this this whole thing did remind me of a, uh, a psychology topic that I wanted to bring up that I've been thinking a lot about and I've been conversing a little bit about with uh, with people in my life. So uh, I don't know if you wanted to introduce some sort of a new segment or something. Yes. So we came up with a new segment that was kind of inspired from the the gang gets critiqued episode from that email um, with the pop psych. So we think we're going to give you a weekly segment of pop psych with Kyle. Take it away, Kyle. Doubly Negative proudly presents Pop Psych 101 with your host. Thanks, Chris. Um, So one psychology topic I learned about uh, fairly recently is uh, internal and external objects. Have you ever heard of this concept, Chris? I'm not familiar at all. It sounds like something that I've heard in passing, but know nothing about. Sure. Well, yeah, it's one of those pop psych psych topics that's, you know, it's uh, it gets tossed around a little bit. It's got real no real basis, but um, it's interesting. So essentially, everyone you meet in your life has both an internal and an external object. The external object is them in reality. So say for me and you an example, uh, for you, I am a real person. I am an external object. However, uh, as human beings, we have so much information in our lives and there's too much to process. We can't take in reality accurately all the time. So you have to create an internal object for me. So you have an internal object for me, you have one for Jake, you have one for everyone in your life. 
And the point of this whole concept is, mm -hmm. is that the internal object you create is not an accurate representation of the external object. This becomes especially relevant in relationships when you don't know everything about each other. Let's say you have a first date and it goes really well. A lot of people can create internal objects for the person they date and they see them as perfect. They see no flaws. They exaggerate the good parts and downplay the bad parts. And this can be dangerous for some reasons that are already obvious. Yeah. No, I mean, that totally makes sense because you see it with people when they first get in a relationship like you referenced and when they get out of that relationship. Um, and a lot of times, like in my situation where you get back in the relationship, when it ends, you're focusing on all of the negative aspects and you're not even really considering the good ones, right? And sometimes it takes a while for you to not repaint, but almost remember what the actual external image is like because the internal image is currently just showing you all the bad. Does that make sense? Exactly. Yes. And the reason I bring this stuff up is because especially in dating, and, and I'm going to bring it back to this question. That's, that's the reason I brought this up. I'm not just rambling like a pretentious asshole. Well, I hope not anyway. I was starting to get pretentious asshole vibes. <laughs> yeah, well, no, you should. But um, it's really important. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Especially early in relationships to understand that your internal object of someone is not complete and to also understand that their internal object of you is not complete. So an example from my own life, I had a situation last month where there was a girl that really, really liked me, but she was building up this image of who I was and it made me really uncomfortable because I knew it wasn't correct. I knew, I knew she had the hormones and, you know, and we were having a good time, but she had this idea of me of this per perfect guy, but it just wasn't accurate. And, uh, and, and that's uncomfortable and, and, it, and that goes both ways. And yeah, it's impossible to have a perfect external object, but uh, internal object, but you, you have to, you have to test reality. It's called reality testing. You have to, you have to see what's right and wrong. And, and that comes from, from communication. So, uh, I'll finally bring it back now after some pretentious rambling. Um, the, the, the listener that asked this question, she may have an inaccurate internal object of the guy she's dating. She may have this idea of him as too sensitive to take criticism when in reality, maybe he's totally fine with it. So it's time to test reality and find out because if she doesn't, she's just going to have this fantasy of him and it's, it's good or bad, but, uh, but it's, it's, it's incomplete right now. So, so that's the point. Does that make sense? Have I kind of tied that up? No, that makes so much more sense because like, as far as like the communication goes, you have this image in this situation her thinking that he is too sensitive or might react poorly. So it's like science. You have to test your theory. Is he too sensitive? Let's see. Exactly. And hasn't that happened to you? Because it's happened to me, definitely, where I have this idea of how things are going to go in, in a, maybe, a, maybe a crucial conversation or, or maybe an event. And I play out these fantasies in my mind. But then when the reality comes, I, I was totally wrong. And all those mental gymnastics I went through were counterproductive and unhealthy. And, um, you know, sometimes it's I feel like that happens on a small scale on a daily basis. Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes it's inevitable like, like that. Right. Because maybe you're maybe you don't see each other for a couple of days or even a couple hours. So so it's natural to do that. But my point is you want to nip that in the bud as soon as possible by by getting down to it and having those crucial conversations as soon as possible, because in my experience, waiting it really never works if it's something that needs to be talked about it simply needs to be talked about and and the sooner the better yeah and i mean we were kind of having a conversation before is like learning about this person and truly actually testing will get you closer to the ultimate end goal in a relationship right as close as you possibly can be and open with and comfortable with so the quicker you do have these conversations and the quicker you do these reality testers you can have that as perfect internal image as possible of this person. And that will help you a decide if that's what you want and B, you know, really truly know that person. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of the time, many, many cases it, it's it, denial comes in too, because haven't you heard of the situation where maybe a guy and a girl are friends with benefits or something and the girl wants to be more, for example, you know, it can go both ways, of course, but maybe she wants more and she's talking to her friends like, does he like me? You know, does he want more? And 
and she wants him to want more, but deep down she knows that he doesn't. And she's delaying the inevitable. She's she's keeping herself in the dark on purpose. She's she's holding that internal object in 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 perpetuity because it feels good. She she would rather live in fantasy than find out the reality. Yeah, because the reality is now what she wants it to be, or he. Yeah, yeah, and and hey, if if you know that that that's what's going on, then whatever you know, do what suits you. But I do think that many people in yeah. many cases, and, and me included, have, have held up an incomplete, imperfect internal object on purpose in, in denial because we don't want to know the truth. Yeah, and like it's one of those things in a situation you were just outlining. Although they know that they're not going to get to that, that fantasy, like the reason why she's sticking around, well, like she's still staying because... She, she likes what's going on and she doesn't want to lose that fantasy of like oh it could happen like it seems far-fetched i know what he wants but it could happen that's exactly the point i was just about to bring up too exactly yeah and let me step back in for one second um no please please so this isn't like a relationship scenario but the whole you'd rather have the chance for it to happen than not have any chance at all so here's a true story there is this guy who has a Bitcoin wallet, right? And he has, he's an early investor and he has, I think, $10 million in this Bitcoin wallet. He was such an early investor that this wallet, it's not with like Coinbase or any of those other apps. It's his, like, I think he generated it. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure how it works. I'm more when it comes to crypto. But the reason why I bring this up is he doesn't know the password to that wallet. He has no idea. And after 10 tries, that wallet self-destructs. So... I was asking this question to a lot of people at work after I read the story because he's on his 10th try. He has one more try. Do you take the shot and try it? Because I'm fucking not until I know for goddamn sure. Well, is waiting going to give him any advantage? Can he gain more information or technology that might be helpful by waiting? See, I don't know. That's the thing. I don't think so. Otherwise, this is a pointless story, you know? I mean, you could wait it out. I mean, who knows if something comes along, like anything can happen obviously like you could find that sticky note because it blew to you in the wind from the dumpster and it lands on your forehead and that's it it's a disney movie so all right well this is a pretty good this is a pretty good hypothetical already but let's make it even more pure let's say you've got a button and you press it 10 times and you got a chance at 10 million dollars or whatever and you only have one chance left all the waiting in the world is not going to change your chances you just press the fucking button you have it or you don't so so you're saying you would kind of want to keep that button around just because the fantasy, right? Well, well, in that situation, no, I would hit the button. But in a situation with the Bitcoin wallet, it's it's a little different because there's another dynamic to it, right? There's a password that he can eventually find, maybe, and he's also a potentially a millionaire or not a millionaire. So the fact that something may come along, like having that chance, like having that there... I would definitely keep it until I knew for sure. Well, that that's a no-brainer then in my opinion. You'd be a fucking idiot to try again. But with your with your example, it's like spinning at the casino. You're going to run out of money eventually. And if that's the plan, take the spin. You got you got to take the spin in the in the more pure scenario with it's just But the at the same time it is a good example of what we're talking about because maybe some people would like to keep that around and and, and entertain the possibility rather than get closer to reality. And this this is what I was going to bring up. It kind of leads back into that discussion we had in an earlier episode about comfort versus growth. In a lot of these situations, I'm thinking of one from high school. I'd say the first girl I ever really, really fell for. She was my best friend for a couple of years. And I really wanted to be romantic with her, but I was scared of rejection and I was scared of what might happen if I took the chance. So I held off for a really long time. And I think by doing that, I wanted to stay in my comfort zone. Whereas the only way to get to the next stage of my life and grow was to find out, right? So finally I did try and I got rejected, but that's okay because that's what needed to happen by just staying in the comfort zone. Yeah, because that was happening anyway. Exactly. Yeah. By just staying in the comfort zone, I was enjoying that time, but I couldn't, I couldn't move on. Yeah. And you know, when you get to that point where you do, you know, test the reality and take that chance. It does suck for a little while if it doesn't turn out to be the way you want. It sucks. 
that's what growth is and you can liken it back to jujitsu or or whatever the fuck it sucks at first nobody wants to go to the gym when they're on the way but uh but it, it always sucks it's it's the opposite of comfort yeah that's that, that was a good callback good uh, little transition there to uh former episodes and bringing that whole scenario back to the toothbrush right yeah so right now she's in this uh she's in this comfort zone even though it's a little bit uncomfortable but that's not really the the definition we're using right now she's in this comfort zone where she doesn't want to bring it up because she's afraid of the reaction but that's holding the relationship back from growth so um yeah my opinion is just to just to bite the bullet bite the bullet and do it do it in a smart way but uh but do it because that's the only way you're going to get to the next stage it took us like a half hour to get to this conclusion i mean we had our we had our answer pretty early but we really dissected it and uh, my mind hasn't changed i agree you need to bring it up rip the band-aid off yeah so if, if you want like really unnecessarily long-winded responses to simple questions doubly negative is the best choice i think on spotify yeah yeah no, we are your fucking guys <laughs> we will waste your time but we made it fun okay so have you had anything similar to this situation early on in relationships like uh even something like brush your teeth because i'd like to hear some of the stories like anything like yeah i got one very similar i was probably i was probably 23 and i was dating this girl uh who i really liked she was okay. really cool okay. and we had a good time together but she had just horrendous body odor just real bad bo and uh i always thought i should bring it up but you know what i never did uh, i never did and uh in the end, it, it didn't really matter too much. I could put up with it, but yeah, that's that's my story. I, I dated a chick with bad BO and I never said anything about it. Yeah, so okay, because the story I was gonna bring up is the exact same. I don't think, no, I never said anything about it because it wasn't like a constant thing, but it was pretty frequent. So <laughs> I, I I never really brought it up either. It's a That's a tough thing to tell somebody, but when you're that close with someone, you should be able to tell them. Just like you feel like when you're with your boys or someone you're really close with, you can tell them if they've got shit in their teeth. You're not going to tell someone at work that you barely talk to, hey, you got some spinach in your teeth. Yeah. And actually, I can I can bring this back to the, the discussion we had about lying before, too. So one of the benefits Sam Harris discusses in that book about lying is of being someone that everybody knows tells the truth all the time. If you are just that guy who's brutally honest in a smart way you can get away with anything and I'm trying to become that guy and I've made some significant strides and I'll just say shit like that sometimes like one of my best best friends here Jenny I love her to death but she tells some horrific stories sometimes she's one of those people that if she's telling you about her night out the first five minutes are going to be about her picking out her clothes and uh when Jenny tells a story like that I'll just be like Jenny what the fuck get to the point and uh she does yeah, no, people do that, right? People do that. Yeah, no, because it is tough, tough listening to someone that can't tell stories, tell stories. Yeah, and you know what? She she does not, um, she, she doesn't, like, she, her feelings don't get hurt. She doesn't like me less. It's all good. She probably appreciates it, and uh, and I'll do that, too. Like, if somebody smells bad, I'll just be like, hey, you, you smell bad, and the, the, the quicker you do that, and, like, when you do it in that way, People can tell that it's not yeah. you're not you're not judging them and and you don't want to stop being their friend. You're just saying the reality. It's actually when you wait and you 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 make it a bigger deal by waiting and and saying it like that. Like, hey, I have something to tell you. You kind of smell. You make it into a bigger deal than it needs to be. So, yeah, just uh, just by being more honest and stuff. There's a lot of benefits like that. Yeah, you got to be careful with who you're like. Not careful with who you're too honest to, but like as far as like, hey, dude, you kind of smell about like. If it, even if it's one of those, like I can think of a couple people in my head that I know that would be like, oh, well, what do you want from me? They wouldn't react well to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to be selective. There's one example from high school that I always think about. There was this guy like that. I don't know if I, I can name him or not, but anyway, um, he was known for being like that. Like he just said whatever was on his mind and everybody knew he was a really confident dude. Everybody loved him. And uh, I was just like hanging out with him, you know, we, we were pretty good friends. And he's like, hey, dude, you got a you got a whitehead on your nose. You should go pop it. And uh, 
that's not something comfortable to hear, but I was like, oh, thanks, dude. And I, I went and did that. And like, you know, nobody does that. So I, I really respect people who can do that. Yeah, no, it is tough. And I think, so are you familiar with Curb Your Enthusiasm? That's kind of like what Larry David's whole like shtick is about, but like funnier, obviously. It's just him speaking his mind and like, even if it's not comfortable, he's telling these people these truths and just being an asshole to benefit him. But like, I think that's why everyone likes that show so much because everyone wants to be able to yeah, do what he does. Yeah. And also think about this too. Like, so the scenario I just uh, mentioned, the guy, the guy tells me I got, a, I got a pimple. Now I know that he's going to tell me that stuff. So now I'm actually a little bit more comfortable around him. And like, I just feel more secure. Like if there's a problem, he's going to tell me. Whereas if there's someone who's too safe with me and they're not going to tell me what's wrong, there's always a little bit of uh, a little bit of distrust, actually, like being being really honest in a brutal way builds trust. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. I was going to before you even said it builds mistrust. I was thinking this sounds harsh, but I think mistrust. So you went you went right for it. And that's uh, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like you trust people that are brutally honest with you. Like it, it does build up that that trust. And you're not afraid to be, you know, this may sound corny, but like your true self around them because, you know, they're not judging you like at all. Because, I mean, even with like the pimple popping thing, he's not judging you. He's just looking out for exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. And I was actually talking about kind of the same thing last night uh, with a friend. So so for writing, right, like I write these short stories and sometimes I share them with people. And, uh, you know, everyone always gives me really positive feedback. But then I send them to publishers and shit, and I haven't had anything accepted. My, my creative career has been a complete failure so far. And it, it, it always makes me wonder, like, is everybody telling me the whole truth? You know, like, if there was somebody that said, like, hey, this is, you know, good job, but you, you need to work on this, I would probably send my stuff to them first before anybody else just because I knew they were being honest. You know, if someone just says, hey, good job, this is awesome, I do appreciate that, but it's, I don't know. I need some help, man. I need somebody to be brutal with me, especially in my writing career. I was just thinking about this last night, so I'm bringing it up. Sorry if it's not completely relevant. Oh, no, I think it is completely relevant because we're talking about brutal honesty. I mean, in that situation with you, like your writing, like you need to send your writing to people that like have a really yeah. good understanding of True. literature, right? So like if you send it to me, I'm reading it and going, that was entertaining. I enjoyed it. So that's the feedback I'm going to give you. You need someone that like truly understands what it means to have, like to be reading a good book or a re a, like a really good short story. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're right. Because basic people like me, yeah, basic people like me, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, it was good. I'm not going to be able to tell you what to correct. You got to find someone really deep into literature that reads a lot, knows what a good book is. Because I couldn't tell you a good book if it bit me in the ass. Yeah, yeah. Knows what a good book is. They can give you the feedback that you want. Yeah, you can barely read. Um, yeah, I was thinking uh, I got to find like a writing group like where writers share their shit. And that that's going to be something valuable like that. And there's even some online communities where people are brutally honest. Like I think, um, what was it? Uh, there's some. There's one subreddit like that. And people post yeah. their stuff. And it's like the goal is to get the most brutal critique possible. Nobody's really nice. They might say, hey, good job, but then they're going to tear right into it. And I think that's that's what I need. That's pretty helpful. Yeah, but I mean, I would steer you towards like a writer's group because on Reddit, there's a lot of trolls. There's a lot of people that are like, if, especially if that's the goal of the subreddit to just like rip it apart. It's not going to be that constructive because people are trying harder to rip it apart. If you honestly found like a group of people that all have a similar goal, like this is what we're writing, read it, I need help before I send this out to a publisher. They're going to be able to give you truly, well, true honest feedback, not truly, true honest feedback rather than like a subreddit where people are just trying to sound as brutal as possible for internet points. You know, you nailed it on the head because... By saying the word constructive, you reminded me of the name of the subreddit. It's it's Reddit, um, destructive readers. So it's the opposite of constructive, right? Yes. Um, but uh, but yeah. And you're right to to a large extent. But also, I have checked out that subreddit, and it is destructive. But the main tone is not trolly, and it is all writers. So um, 
yeah it, it's harsh but i i think it's a decent uh community and uh yeah well whatever it's not really it's kind of besides the point i, I will try to find an in-person writers group anyway but it's not a bad option yeah okay so i mean if you've looked at the subreddits and like you you got the vibe and you can see that the people asking for advice whether it's insulting or not are getting good advice and improving from it then yeah give it a shot i think that would be a good a good start for you actually i think that might be the best start for you because it'll prepare you for that brutally honest advice in person with someone you're intimate with and someone you know yeah and it actually reminds me of um well something we were talking about earlier but then also it reminds me of the um the gang gets critiqued episode we had where all right so on that subreddit i've seen people post stuff and then someone says like this sentence sucks right now yeah that is too destructive again like uh, with the with the toothbrush example you know the compliment sandwich you know like in jobs and stuff you gotta you gotta use the compliment sandwich in my opinion even if it's as basic as like good job for trying you gotta give a little bit of positivity before you say this sentence sucks or fucking kill me laughing my ass off you just gotta give a little bit of positivity or uh it's just too harsh so yeah that that that's one theme from this episode anyway it's like no matter what you're doing if you're gonna give criticism in my opinion give the compliment sandwich yeah that's the compliment sandwich that's the name of this episode yeah because it it's just pretty much like softening a blow yeah because you're giving information that's not easy to hear so how do you make that easier to hear the the harsh stuff you hear right my question for you is have you ever had a situation where you're talking to someone you're romantically involved with and they say something that they don't mean to be insensitive at all but it makes you insecure like maybe bringing up an ex and mentioning how big his dick was or how good the sex was or or something like that where like again they didn't mean to but it kind of hit you hard in a way have you ever had that experience yeah and it it was something like kind of simple too (laughs) um this is gonna sound stupid but this happens to me a lot where i just get sensitive about something that like what like you said wasn't intended to be like mean or make me feel insent like sensitive but i'm sensitive to it and that i needed to get a haircut okay and my hair was long for my standards and i said i need to get a haircut and then she said ah no you don't and i took that as you think i should grow it out because i'm thinning out on the sides huh (laughs) <laughs> i didn't say that <laughs> but <laughs> it sounds so silly but no you don't need a haircut and i'm thinking yes i fucking do like it looks bad right now but it's yeah. like that's where it took me man that's awesome i love that thank you for sharing yeah i started thinking about this <laughs> and i think that that comes down to things like people are like insecure about you know exactly like, with us when we talked about our weight oh yeah you drinking soda like something like that it's gonna like oh is he saying that because i'm fat oh you drink soda i only drink water like judging you for the soda and you're like oh he's saying that because he thinks i'm going off the rails exactly yeah and i think that's so relatable and i started thinking about this a couple days ago because i always listen to this old radio show called opie and anthony it's it's over but there's all these episodes on youtube and it's hilarious and they're brutally honest about everything and the comedian jim norton was talking about his relationship with his girlfriend and how he'll torture himself by asking questions that he does not want the answers to like hey was your ex good in bed you know was his dick bigger than mine and stuff like that <laughs> and everybody else on the show was like dude stop doing that and he's like i can't i there i have a problem and uh, and then they were being all relatable they were saying well yeah you know what i do that too like i i i have these scenarios in my head of where <laughs> she might cancel and i do this too like you ever like okay so if i make plans with a girl that i'm interested in and uh and she says yes until that plan happens, I'll envision scenarios where she cancels and I'll get all mad at her in my head and stuff. Like, do, do you have that? Yeah, like you get like pre-mad or like pre-upset at something that's just something you made up in your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like uh, one of the classic examples of like you have a dream where your partner cheats on you and then you wake up and you're still mad at them. But it didn't really happen, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. So like the whole like torturing thing. Yeah. Like he does that in purpose because he likes to be tortured. Right. Like, do you ever find yourself, like, if I want to get upset, there's a specific Instagram profile I go to because I hate yeah. this person and I hate their videos, but I watch it because I want to be upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm in the fucking mood for. Dude, I do that at the gym. Um, if I'm about to do a heavy set of some exercise, I'll perf- I'll purposely remember an example of my ex being a total bitch. 
so that I can so that I can do the weight. <laughs> like it gets me mad, and then I can do it. Yeah. See, like I feel like whenever I was doing that for like a PR or something, I could never actually genuinely get mad at the situation. Like, did you get yourself to a point like where you were genuinely like upset about it? Like you you felt like your blood was warm. Uh, can I share the example? Yeah. It's actually pretty funny now, but it pissed me off to no end. So, all right, this relationship, I, I don't think I've talked much about it, but en- it, it ended up getting really toxic because I, I emotionally, I knew she cheated on me, but she never admitted it until the very end. And I was so fucking insecure that it got to the point where, like, she was telling me to go through her messages because she wanted to prove she didn't cheat, right? Mm-hmm. So she let me go through her old Instagram direct messages, and I found this one with a guy that she was talking to while we were dating but not in a relationship yet, right? So this is not cheating, but I read it, and this is what pissed me off so much. So she was going to see me the the next coming weekend, and she's talking to this guy, and they're making plans. And he referenced a photo on her Instagram, and he said, hey, is that your boyfriend? And she goes, this is this is her response, and this is what I think about when I want to do a heavy PR, okay? Okay. So he says, who's that guy in your photo? Is that your boyfriend? And her response is, no, don't worry. That's my gay friend. Oh, my God. Right? What a bitch. Yeah, so that still works for me, actually. I can still think about that and get pissed off. Like, what the fuck? It's just messed up on a really? couple different levels. Yeah, it's just... Ugh, like I'm I'm totally over the whole situation emotionally, but I can remember a couple instances like that and just got pissed off on an objective level. Yeah. No, that is uh cuz it's like I understand she's lying obviously to, you know, not look like a skank or something or cuz you guys like you said you weren't like officially in a relationship at that point, were you? No. So she yeah, like it like you said she's not cheating, but she's just being like not truthful about things and that's just like makes it even worse like what else were you fucking lying about so i don't think it's even just that specific incident it's that specific incident plus all the other things in your head that you think she was lying about all coming to a head it's that that's just the face of it's that's the face of your whole it's that but it's also the the strange bizarre manipulative lie she made up in that instance she didn't have to say that. She just could have said, no, he's not my boyfriend. She had to say, no, that's my gay friend. To be referred to by a girl that you're in love with as her gay friend, like, <laughs> You're going to hit a PR at the gym today because we're talking about it. I am going to lift so much weight thinking about that bitch. Um, is this one that a girl that we've talked about before? Probably. I mean, it's it's my last serious relationship, the the last one that ended. I, I definitely mentioned her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we've we've talked about her a few times actually. So okay. Just just wanted to make sure and put a face to the bitchiness. Yeah. Because yeah. that kind of bitchiness deserves a face. Yeah. And an ugly one at that. And hey, you know what? I just wanna I just wanna wrap it up with one of those uh, you know diplomatic statements like, hey, it's all in the past. Like I wish her well and all that. But yeah, she is still the source of some rage when I want it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you can still be pissed off and not care as a whole. Pissed off at certain situations, but not gonna let it affect you on a day to day basis. Just use it as fuel. Do you have anything like that? Do you have any moments that you'll remember and just get pissed off about like somebody treating you wrong or saying something? Even if it wasn't like, you know, you're giving the example where your insecurity is the driver. Is there anything like that that you remember and you cringe or, or something like that? Like for like to be in a situation like you where I use it as anger and it pisses me off? Or just like cringe in general. Yeah, not not necessarily like you're using it. Just something that you remember and, and you get, you know, it it's a memory that, that triggers you a little bit. Like even if it happened years ago. Um, I can't, like not in my recent memory, I can't really think of an, an instance where that's happened. And I can't even think of one offhand. And this is either A, because I'm really good at just forgetting, forgiving, moving on and not letting things bother me. Or B, I'm suppressing some sort of childhood trauma and my memory sucks. Could be either or. Yeah. So I I really, I I don't, I don't know. I think I do a really good job of not holding on to things too long, even though like I'll still have these things where I'm like, oh yeah, fuck that. Like that was stupid. That person sucks. But like it doesn't bother me i don't think back on it often enough for me to even note one of those instances i mean while you were asking the question i was like is there i need to think of something right 
but there's nothing I can think of off the top of my head. So maybe I'm just good at not holding on to things. But tune in next week. Maybe I'll have an answer for you. <laughs> yeah, man, that that's good. As long as it's not a repression thing, which, I mean, it, it doesn't sound like it is. I don't think it that's is. That's ideal, right? You don't want to be someone that holds on to stuff. And in general, I don't either. Um, but yeah, I can. And I, I wish I didn't sometimes. And this is an interesting topic, too, because people are just different, right? I, I've met some people who just, I think they're just emotionally healthy. And they just let yeah. stuff go. And they say, like, why would I still be upset? There's no reason to be upset. And, you know, it's it's interesting because logically that makes perfect sense. But, but emotions and logic are different. And, uh, you know, sometimes I know logically that a thought process is not helping me. But I can't help. I can't help it. I just follow it. And that's why I meditate. That's the main reason I meditate is to try to curb that and try to try to free my mind from that stuff. But it does not come naturally to me at all. No, it, it's easier for, for others. But the way, I mean, I think I've said this multiple times on the podcast, and I'm actually stealing this from another person, but he, he said it on a podcast. I think it was Chris Stefano. He's a comedian, but he talked he was talking about like problems and he said, if it's not going to matter in five months, don't give it five minutes. So that's what I try to keep in my head. If I'm ever like going to hold on to something, I just try to say, okay, is this going to be affecting me at all in the future? No, don't worry about it. It's just occupying space in your head that it doesn't need to yeah. be. And I do agree with that in general, but I do have a caveat where it's like, that's not, there's a large portion of the population where they're not going to be able to do that. You know, like just understanding the mind. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm one of the lucky ones. If you can't do that, my advice would be to accept that your mind works that way and, and, and not, not indulge yourself necessarily by purposely following the thought, but don't beat yourself up over it either. Because, you know, when I hear that, like, okay, if it's not going to matter in five months, don't give it five minutes. Right. Like, yeah, I know, I, I know. But what if I'm still thinking about it? Now I'm mad at myself for still thinking about it. And that snowballs. So sometimes in my own personal growth has been like, okay, I know that I have, that I'm emotionally gonna go down this road a little bit and that's okay. And um, I think that might help me get over it faster because I don't add layers to it, right? Because overthinking has layers. You can overthink something and then overthink about overthinking and then so on and so on. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a beast. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, maybe that comes down to me like always occupying my mind. Like it's, I'm always doing something. I don't really give myself time to think about things in the past that pissed me off and hold on to things. Like I'm, I don't know. I'm very rarely sitting around like doing nothing. Even if I'm just playing video games, my mind is completely in that. I'm not thinking about other stuff. So I, I think I, it's a blessing and a curse because it's holding me back from stuff. I think as far as, um, going through those things that I should be upset about or I should feel a certain way about and not dealing with them. So maybe it's a good and a bad thing because I'm not really dealing with these things because they could be bothering me in the back of my head somewhere while I'm distracted. Yeah, that, that's an important distinction and it's a personal thing. Nobody can tell you which one you're doing. But the first thing I thought of is meditation <clears throat> and uh, a lot of beginning meditators report that the first or second time they meditate, like, and these are people that maybe they're completely stoic in their real life. Like they're not showing much emotion. They're not crying and stuff, but then they meditate for the first time and they just start crying out of nowhere. And what is that? That is them finally experiencing emotions that they've been pushing away for who knows how long. Right. So depends on your situation. But, yeah. uh, but yeah. So like, for example, when I meditate, if I haven't been doing it regularly or maybe just not enough, the first 15 minutes or something like that is just going to be my mind kind of cleaning itself out. I'm going to be thinking about things that were already in my subconscious, but it's going to be going more to the top. And that is one of the biggest benefits. I think it's like, uh, it's like if your mind is your computer, you're kind of deleting files. You're putting them in their cycling bin and then hopefully deleting them because sometimes you actually do have to think about things to let them go. Yeah, no, and, and it's a good um, parallel, like cleaning out your computer, right? You keep the files that you want, right? The ones that are important, the ones that are having a positive impact on you and you get rid of the ones that you don't need anymore. And yeah, that, that's the perfect analogy, really. Yeah, and, and that's what happens to me. Like, uh, you know, if I haven't meditated for a couple of days, I'll sit down and meditate. And I'll start thinking about things that happened three days ago. And I didn't think they were still on my mind because I didn't give myself space to, to realize they were. 
But then I think about it and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always trying to go back to the breath, but my mind's going to do what it wants to do. And I think about those things and then, and then they're gone. So it, it, it is like, yeah. there's a, you know, you're like, let's say you go to your task manager on your computer. You have all these processes that are eating up your RAM on a daily basis. All these things that people said and these plans you have and stuff. And your mind is working on them, even if you're not aware of it. So yeah, I, it, this is not my analogy. Somebody else came up with this, but it is cleaning that stuff out. And uh, that, that's why like, you know, the really experienced meditators, they have this really calm aura to them because they're not thinking about that stuff on a conscious or subconscious level as, as much as people who are less aware are. Yeah, it's just unresolved issues in your head. So resolve them, get them off your plate. Yeah. They're not worried about those because they've already been taken care of mentally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's perfect. All right. We've been going for an hour. That, I think that's a strong end. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. Okay. So, Kyle, I think we're going to cut it there. You've inspired me to do something, though, because I myself have been slacking on meditating. So what am I going to do? I'm going to make it a goal of mine. Write it down. I'm going to meditate at, for at least 10 minutes a day until next week. And I will report on my overall mood and see if I have a calmer demeanor. It might not have great results, obviously, because I'm a beginner meditator. I'm not saying I'm going to go in and be a fucking pro right away. But I should be able to notice some, even if there's subtle differences in my mood, if I actually give this a shot. So I think we can cut it there, if you're okay with that. Uh, I just want to say one more thing about that. Um, yes. My advice to you and anybody that's going to start is get rid of all expectations. So I would try not to think too much about the benefits, even though that is the goal, right? You do want to have a calmer mood and everything. And, and I think you will. But uh, the less expectations, the better. And uh, 10 minutes is a great goal. But also be gentle with yourself and, uh, you know, especially like, okay, let's say, let's liken it to the gym, right? Let's say you want to start working out, but you go one time and the personal trainer puts you through hell. Now you don't want to go back again, right? So my advice would be consistency is key as is with anything. And, uh, you know, just, just do it when you have time. And even if it's just five minutes, you know, just, just do it. And uh, don't, don't be too hard on yourself. That, that's, that's what I would say. Okay. Awesome. So... That's the goal. We'll bring this conversation back. We'll lead off with it next episode. Anyone listening who's interested in trying this with us, I think that would be awesome. I don't expect anyone to, but if this is something you want to try with me and then shoot us an email talking about your experience, we'd love to talk about it. A couple of housekeeping notes. We are on Patreon now. Link is in our bio. Um, go there, subscribe. Bonus episodes, uncut episodes, Kyle's blog. Really personal shit pictures of us naked that that's the ten dollar tier but oh, I mean, we'll unlock that once we get rolling a little bit lots of feet pictures you know i'm big into foot care yeah you move that up to gold level okay i forgot about that sorry yeah you, ha you have to move it up a level that's got to be unlocked at 10 bucks five five bucks is too cheap way too cheap but um thank you for listening like us subscribe download the episodes and then undownload them from your phone getting those numbers up is key right now kyle do you have any closing remarks no, yeah, just, uh, you know, there's been a couple new listeners that have, uh, you know, they said they liked it. So I really appreciate that. If you're listening now, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, let's just keep it going. All right. Awesome. Till next time. Bye. This is life being bound to love.